Hello and welcome back to another episode. This episode is all about India. Hello, Bill. Good afternoon. Good to see you again. Good to see you too, Mano. How are you doing? I'm very fine. How are you? Very well, thanks. Very well. Thank you. <laughs> um, let's not waste any time. Not ours, not the time of the listeners. Let's jump in. We... Um, I'm missing the words, but we stopped at you taking a plane with Rose to India. This is correct. Good. And <laughs> we are on that plane, and now, uh, after a very long trip, it seemed to me, I, hours and hours and hours, we arrive in New Delhi. It's dusk, late evening, and it was one of those airports where the plane stops on the tarmac and you then walk into the, 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 the gates, you walk down the stairs and into the gates. So <clears throat> when we got out of the plane, uh, the most immediate assault to the senses was just the extreme heat, unbelievable, wet, sticky, thick heat. And the sky itself was so orange, this huge ball orb of a sun that just cast this incredible light. I'd never, I'd never seen anything like it. By the time Rose and I got into the air-conditioned airport, it was like I'd come out of a shower, just sopping, <laughs> sopping wet. Uh, we had uh, reserved a, uh, a room in a YMCA, uh, building. We were on a, a budget. We had saved between the two of us a few thousand dollars, I think $2,000, which in 1973, for me, <clears throat> that was an incredible amount of money. Um, mm. I'd never been around that kind of money. And <clears throat> as I said, we didn't really know how long we would be traveling in India or how long our money would would last. So you didn't have a ticket back yet? We did not have a ticket back. Oh, I. Because we really didn't know when we were going to return. It was a complete open, open slate. The ride to our hotel room was about 30 minutes and it was unbelievable. I had, I had seen some poverty in my life. Uh, some of the Cal, uh, the U.S. Uh, Mexico border towns I've been to that were mm. very very poor. This was a whole different, whole different level. Um, thatched roofs, cardboard, um, just teams of people, uh, women carrying these huge jugs on their head, uh, carrying water, just all kinds of different activity. We get to we get to the hotel room, and both Rose and I, I think were we felt I think we we'd bitten off more than we could chew. That this was maybe um, an experience that was beyond our our abilities to really cope in that short drive. We got to our hotel room, and uh, there was no bathroom in our room. But we had to go down the hall. Um, part of our our, our budget plan. But we were frightened. We, we 
got onto these beds that were basically like cots that we had to push together. They were very uncomfortable. And we really didn't want to leave. We didn't want to venture out. And in fact, that first night, we did not. We, we only went out to go to the bathroom down the hall. And yeah. we were hoping that the next day we'd, uh, we'd have the courage to, to venture out, which we did, of course. Good. Yes. Otherwise, this would not be much of a story. But <laughs> at, at any rate, we, we are out in New Delhi and the teams and throngs of people, the, it was just unbelievable. And the, the actual smell uh, in the air was thick with uh, people's urine, like body sweat, uh, livestock, um, corn that was being burnt and roasted on the, uh, on the, on the, on the streets, uh, car exhaust. It, it, you could cut it with a knife. And the, the, the large park area in this central part of the town was called Connaught Circle. And it was a relatively large park, but within that area were families that were not just hanging out in, for the day, they were living there. They had tarps with crude cooking utensils and that they were trying to manufacture food on and just all kinds of, it was, it was their house, all of their possessions. So that when you would walk around through this park, you literally would excuse yourself trying to negotiate because you felt like you were walking through somebody's living room. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it, you, you felt you were imposing. You had to get from point A to B, but it felt so personal um, that we were in, in, in encroaching upon their Maybe. sacred their sacred spot that they had carved out uh, for, for themselves. What became abundantly clear to us, because it was the middle of the summer, is that we were going to have to, we could not spend much time in New Delhi. The air conditioning that was available uh, to us on uh, a restricted budget was either non-existent or extremely low quality. Mm -hmm. uh, I should also say, one may be thinking, well, what do you, hydration, you got to stay hydrated. In 1973, they did not sell bottled water. You could not buy bottled water. The only So where did you get your water from? We lived on these diet sodas called, not diet sodas, regular sodas called Fanta. Orange, oh. lemon, I'm sure, sure tons of sugar in them. And I don't know how well hydrated you could get, but you had to be so careful. You couldn't uh, get water from a regular restaurant if there was ice cubes in it. Only really high-end hotels that had filtered water. And we'd have a, a meal there maybe once a week. Yeah. So at any rate, um, we decided that we had to get out. And one of the things, too... Um, 
for us back in that time, uh, we didn't have, have we didn't have credit cards, and in fact, uh, we our transactions were usually getting. Uh, we had travelers checks, and then we would take the travelers checks to the bank, where we'd cash the travelers checks for for rupees for Indian cash. Hotels, for some reason, wanted the wanted the rupees. They didn't want the um, travelers checks, so we would go to the bank quite frequently mm. because we didn't want to have a lot of cash on hand, yeah. and going to a bank, any kind of bureaucratic process in india was unbelievable <laughs> there was one person that you'd have to talk to and then they'd stamp you stamp something and then you fill out another form and you'd have to go into another line so what should be a five minute transaction if there were five people in front of you would take an hour and a half it was extraordinary um, it's basically like in Germany. Really? Okay. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. It's too loud. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. So it was always a big under undertaking. What we decided, we we talked to other Western travelers that were our age, uh, hippies, um, and we got a lot of good information from them. One, a number of them said, oh, you should go to Goa, uh, which is a beach resort area on the coast uh, but we decided to go up north because we'd, we'd heard that um, uh, Surinagar uh, in, Ka in the Kashmir, state of Kashmir uh, about 350 or 400 miles north and, and higher elevation was really cool and really really beautiful and so we decided to do that um, and uh, normally, we would uh, not, not book a, a, a first-class uh, train, uh, but on this, because it was a long, long trip, we decided we would we, we would do that. I don't think it was first-class, but it was it was a, a, a compartment that housed four people. So it was Rose and mm -hmm. I, and whoever else was going to going to join us. And so it was, it was a fairly long trip because trains also were always local and a, a, a three or 400 mile trip, I think was 12 hours or 14 hours or something. Mm -hmm. uh, we get into the, into, the, uh, into the journey and it's great. We're looking at the countryside. And, uh, at, at one of the earlier stops, these two Sikh gentlemen join our cabin um, one of them was, which is interesting, interesting because he was this, uh, they were both Sikhs, uh, introduced himself as Pope, like in the Pope. Yeah. And he was a, a very striking, tall, tall guy uh, um, with a big, dark, flowing beard. And his uh, cohort was an older gentleman, probably in his early 70s, that was right out of uh, a movie casting, the silver, long flowing beard and these steely <laughs> blue eyes and this blissed out smile on his face. 
And they were immediately really taken with Rose and I, and they wanted to know why we decided to go to India, what we were going to do there, how long we were going to be there, um, one question after the next. And so we got to, they got to know us uh, fairly well. When I returned certain questions, they were not as, as forthcoming. Um, they asked where we were planning on staying in Surinagar. And we told them we didn't know. <laughs> Once we got there, we were going to find a, a hotel. And he said, well, you, you can't, don't you realize this is a holiday and that banks are going to be closed for a number of days. And if you're arriving to go to a hotel, you're going to have to pay and they don't want to take traveler's checks. They want cash. And what are you going to do? Um, well, <laughs> we didn't know what we were going to do. Uh, the prospects of <laughs> living out on the streets, we saw um, that life. And we incidentally saw that with another a, a number of Western hippie tourists that had run out of money. And it was a very terrifying thing to, to yeah. see. They said to us, the Pope and, I, and the doctor, we will take care of you. We have uh, a, a family that you can stay with. You'll be more than welcome. And we didn't feel like we really, really had any options. We didn't know these, these guys very well, but we decided, what the heck? This is an adventure. So we get to our destination, and they have a, get a cab. We get our luggage situated, and we take this, what seems very long, uh, trip through these dirt roads, and we end up um, at, our, at our destination. The destination uh, is this two-story adobe house no screens on the windows, just holes cut out into the side of the building for, for windows. And next to it was a much larger structure that was an institute for uh, the blind, uh, mostly, mostly young uh, children and teenagers. And it, they were milling around the grounds um, with their canes and tapping them and there were quite a few of them it was quite it was quite amazing um we met the family and uh these were relatively poor people obviously if one was to compare them to the people that were living in, on the street and in yeah. delhi they they had a roof over their house and a small little garden um one of the things about being India, in India, which I addressed in terms of the water, it's the it's food as well. You have to be so careful. We didn't want to get sick. We'd heard about mm -hmm. people that had, um, foreign travelers that have gotten sick and what a bad deal it is. And um, they had a garden and immediately uh, they set us up with these plates of, of raw vegetables and mm -hmm. are then water, washing them 
in this tap that's with brownish colored water and <laughs> they they hand us these plates and direct us to this room and uh it, it had a bed in it um it uh, was very modest uh there was obviously no uh running water or, or toilet in it there was a outhouse down the way but we realized we couldn't um we couldn't eat this food and we were, we were hungry and we didn't want to offend them. So it was one of those things like, what do you do? You can't, we have to f figure out some way of hiding yeah. this food because we didn't want them to feel that we were being ungrateful and all that kind of stuff. It's starting to get um, a little, a little uh, darker in the evening. And I'm, I have a book and I mentioned to Rose, oh man, I wish I had a flashlight. I don't have a flashlight, just like on my backpacking trip, I think. Um, no flashlight. Um, and I can see these uh, children that are peering through the window. And this happened a lot with people staring at Rose and I. Uh, there were not that many um, white, foreign, alien-looking travelers and both mm -hmm. Rose and I towered over everybody. We, we, we were like giants. And so oftentimes you would see little kids or even adults that would point at you and laugh and, 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 and joke. And God knows what was going on in their minds. Um, at first, I always felt very self-conscious, but I, I just realized they were having a good time and, if, and yeah. who cares. But they yeah. overheard me saying it's getting dark. And... A few minutes later, I hear all this commotion going on, lots of activity, people talking, communicating with one another. Yeah, go grab this, go grab that. No, go over here. Blah, 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 blah. And what they had done is they'd found all of these extension cords. There was one generator that they had hooked up, or a couple maybe, to this larger building that housed the, um, the, the, the blind kids. Yeah, and they'd hooked up like 200 feet or something of extension cords and screwed in a light and hooked it into my room so I could read. Crazy. Right? Just because they'd overheard. Yeah. It was just, I mean, what do you do with that? I, I was kind of embarrassed that they'd overheard yeah. this, all this fuss, but there was some position that we were occupying in this house that was beyond what these two Sikhs had communicated to us. And slowly we began to figure this out. It is now dark. We don't have anything really to do. Uh, obviously no radio, no TV. We, we didn't know the area well enough to go out and walk and the kids were inside at this point. So we fall asleep early, but a few hours later we're rustled awake. And it's the two seat gentlemen. They go, get your stuff. You got to have, you got to pack, got to go, got to go, get in the car. Come on, got to go right away. And we're both surprised. Um, we like where we're, where we're going to be. Um, it seems like it's going to be interesting. 
but they were very adamant about it. Mm. And we get into the cab and they said, that place was not right for you. It was not appropriate. We're taking you to a much nicer place, uh, a family, and you'll have your own room. They have electricity, much more appropriate for, for, for uh, people in your station of life. Okay, so they take us in. It's, it's now relatively, relatively late, like 10 p.m. It's a much nicer house, um, cement floors, rooms with doors on them, running water and electricity. We meet the son of the house, the oldest son of the house, and he shows us to us our, our rooms and make yourself comfortable. Bathrooms here. We'll we'll talk tomorrow. And <clears throat> the Sikh said the same. So we get up in the morning, and they've prepared us a, a, a breakfast of, of fruits and nuts, and uh, it's. Not on the family table. They have, they, there's a special table where they always want us to eat. And so we conversed a little bit. Uh, what became clear is that the matriarch of the family was suffering from cancer. Uh, I don't recall what kind of cancer. And the Sikhs now joined us and explain to us that we we have a role in healing the matriarch. They told us that, number one, and this is hard to believe, but it's actually true, that the doctor said that they were in the process of formalizing a cure for all types of cancer, all types of cancer, and the compound is an extraction from the lotus flower. The lotus flower. It's, <laughs> you know, okay. Um, they were testing it out on some patients, and so far they were encouraged by the results. But in the meantime, what they wanted Rose and I to do is they they wanted us to go to to the downtown uh, downtown. We were now in Srinagar, in Kashmir, um, and they wanted us to select a diamond ring. They didn't. They were with us. They didn't tell us how much they were gonna. They were paying for it. They just simply wanted us to go to a number of the jewelry stores and find a diamond ring. And so we did. We spent a number of hours going into these jewelry stores and they said, we want you to pick a, a, a ring that, that, that you like, you feel has, it speaks to, to both of you as a couple. And so we finally found one, and we go, yeah, we like this diamond ring. They purchased it, and they had us each hold it, and then they took it from us. This diamond ring, they were hoping 
anointed by our touch and the fact that we had selected it was going to, they felt, be help cure this woman who was suffering from cancer. Along with the lotus flowers. They had not perfected that yet, but they were close, they thought. And I don't okay, think, I see. maybe they were giving that to her. I don't know. Um, it's, it's, um, it's quite possible. But we would hear them. We never, we never met this woman. Uh, we would hear chanting throughout the night. We did have a number of uh, conversations with uh, the son, who was about our age. And it was really extraordinary to me. I, this was the first time in my life where I'd ever had a conversation with a person that you're relating on all kinds of things. It could be the, 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 the beauty of the tree or the, the moon and the stars. Um, there were very few references like we would today have common references like, you know, of course, TV programs or music or any of that. There was none of those kinds of references that one could share, but you could share other things. But then there'd be these certain moments in a conversation where he could not understand us and we could not understand him. It was the mm -hmm. East and the West, and it was just so... It'd be things like he would he would say, oh, but you must understand everything is equal. Nothing is better or worse. You have to just destroy the ego. It's it's only in the way. Ego, the, these kinds of these kinds of things, yeah. and yeah. you know, you go okay. Um, I'd like to believe that, um, in, in maybe in some circumstances, that's really that's a good thing. Mm. But if this is where you're coming from, and in life, and and that's not that has not been part of your experience, it becomes abundantly clear that you you just throw your hands up. And when we would get to these points where we're really connected and then we, we go, oh, we can't go any further, we both kind of laugh. Uh, and and uh, we just kind of, kind of, kind of chuckle and, and, uh, <laughs> and go, from, go from there. Well, we stayed with them for close to a few months. And in the beginning days, we used to go to the market and we'd buy food for them. We wanted to, we always felt we wanted to contribute. We wanted to, it felt uncomfortable that they would cook uh, for us. We had the one, uh, they, they found one fork and knife for each of us. They'd always, we'd sit at a table. We never ate with them. We never had any of that kind of... At At no point, we never. No, we were not. We were we were guests there, and our only contact were, was after the end of the day. Uh, the son would come out, or the father, and we'd have these 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 conversations. It was just, mm. uh, and, and at a certain point, I think for both Rose and I, it felt we needed to, we needed to move on. And and actually, what what really 
kind of made it clear to us is that uh, the the Pope and the, and the doctor finally proposed what they really wanted us to do, and that was they wanted us to travel throughout India with them for the next nine months and promote their their cure. And ah, now I get yes. it. Like the the Pope and the doctor, they were the ones. Uh, I say producing the lotus thing. Exactly. Medicine. That was their medicine. So I'm sorry if I did not make that clear. Uh, they were the ones, and for just a second, a split second, there was this part of me that said, oh my God, can you imagine what an experience that would be? Traveling all through India. But I, I mean, immediately knew that, of course, I don't believe in this, and it would be a horrible mm. thing. Um, a horrible thing to do. Um, so we headed back, we headed back, uh, to Delhi, which ended up being, uh, our home base. And we felt like we kind of exhausted, uh, everything we needed to see. And, and in Delhi, I mean, it's a big, big, big town, but, um, the next, the next thing that we wanted to do, which was not too far away, is of course, go to Agra and see the, the Taj, Taj Mahal. And this time we took a bus. And I think if I recall that bus trip, it's probably about uh, 225 kilometers, 100, 110 miles or something. Uh, but then again, th these buses are, are uh, very, very slow, lots of stops. Yeah. And uh, sitting in a bus, First of all, standing in a bus was pretty much impossible because I would have to crane my my head to the side and I would still <laughs> hit the top of the bus. And sitting sitting in a seat, your your knees were up next to your chin because you, 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 there was no no leg room at all. But um, we didn't we didn't pack a lunch, and now we'd been in India for a, a I don't know, two and a half months or close to that. And we've been very, very careful about water and, and food. And mm -hmm. we were feeling a little too um, confident. And we made a big mistake. We ended up getting some roadside food that smelled so great. These just samosas and these curries and rice and naan and God, it tasted so good. We just mm, loved it. Well, we get to we get to the Taj Mahal, and we had planned this. Actually, we had planned this ahead because we wanted to um, we wanted to get there on on a full moon, on a clear, clear night that with a full moon, because mm. apparently the reflection uh, of the full moon, the light it casts on the, on the semi-precious stones that are inlaid everywhere. Uh, it glistens in, in a just a, 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 a beautiful uh, way. And we were really thrilled because it was a perfect full moon and clear and looking great. 
and we're having an amazing time walking around and looking at the at the at the Taj Mahal and Rose excuses herself to go into a a public bathroom and she's in there longer than I would think she should is, yes is necessary <laughs> I'm starting to get worried and she does make her way out and she is this pure grayish white color she looks i've never seen someone with that with the blood just completely drained out of her face and she's kind of hobbling and the next thing i'm i'm 50 feet away from her and i see her just collapse just cl Whoa. collapse i am really flipping out and there are all these people running towards her and it's uh, in this culture men don't you'll see men holding hands with men and it's not a, it's not a gay thing it's just a sign of affection but men don't touch really touch women that are not their their wives and they they uh, husband and wives don't show a lot of affection publicly. Mm. So there, there, there was this commotion around Rose, but this hesitation. Um, and there are, there's a small cab that's basically like a glorified golf cart or something can, can fit the driver and just Rose and I, and these Indian men, I, I start to grab Rose and they jumped uh, over their own shadow and, assisted getting Rose in. And I know that was really asking because they looked at me and I said, yes, it's, it's totally fine. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and they were very sweet about it. We had, our, we had, in this case, we did have a hotel room set up and it was actually a really nice one for us. We get to the hotel room and Rose is really, really sick. Uh, she's throwing up. Uh, she's, in, in the bathroom and I, I, I call the, the hotel person and, and mm -hmm. I said, we, we need a doctor to come in. She's, she needs to look at her. And shortly thereafter, a, a Sikh doctor comes in and looks at her and, uh, I'm not going to do the accent because I don't want to be on PC or anything, but he had a strong Indian uh, accent and he said, Oh, she has obviously a gastrointestinal difficulty. We know that. And I need to hook her up to a, uh, a saline, a saline solution. She needs a saline drip. She's very, very, very dehydrated. So he hooks her up and got the, the saline drip coming down and both Rose and I can see as it's going down the tube and then it's going to enter into the injection site where the needle is taped to her arm. We see these air bubbles and circulating around and, you know, both Rose and I knew that I, that that can kill you. We've been told all, uh, that if you inject air 
into your vein. Yeah, it can yeah. create some sort of clot. And he looks at us and I go, doctor, doctor, doctor. And he goes, no, no, no. You know, I want you to know that that's normal. I was trained at Columbia University. That's where I got my medical degree. And she'll be okay. Well, he was right. <laughs> she, everything worked out. He ended up doing one transfusion with her that night. And the following day he came back and he did a, a, another one with her. I am feeling better about Rose, but still really, really concerned, really happy that we got some medical um, intervention. I'm also really happy, uh, not only for my own selfish concerns that I'm not sick, but I realize that, God, it's important for me to be well because Rose is going to need a lot of help. Yeah, she yeah. needed help standing up. Uh, it, it was um, it was really up close and personal. And so that that day, I I'm tending to Rose as best I can. I I have nothing uh, going on. Ex um, I, there was one book that I was able to find, and it was this long biography in very small print. Um, the story of Norma Jean, which was a, a biography on Marilyn Monroe. And I started reading this and I was happy that I had something to pass the time. And at a certain point, I'm beginning to go, you know, I'm feeling some rumblings down there as, as well. And within about three or four minutes, the rumbling it was extreme and I dashed into the room and there I go. So I was not as sick as Rose. I didn't need a, a transfusion, a glucose transfusion, but we spent four or five days um, in that room just mm. trying to get, trying to get better and trying to make it, make it work. Um, and we slowly, we slowly pulled it, pulled it back together. But boy, that was transformational on a, a lot of different levels because when we finally got our strength up well enough to, to make it to uh, back to New Delhi, we, we we knew it was going to be a long haul, um, and and uh, we had about twenty or twenty five percent of our of our strength. Everything became really difficult and mm -hmm. joyless. And you know, we there was always weird things that were going on. There were numerous times that we were there. There were air. Uh, airline strikes where you really couldn't get in or out of, 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 of Delhi or India for mm -hmm. that matter. And now we didn't know. We, we still had cash left, but we didn't really know. Uh, maybe it was time. Maybe it was time to head back. Um, we'd also heard t talking to this fellow traveler. He said, I would get out. 
said there's been a, a outbreak of malaria, cholera, and some are saying that there's been a few cases of smallpox, as well as a lot of unrest and rioting happening. And if you've got the cash, you said, you're lucky. I don't. If you've got the cash, I would, I would just go for it. Yeah. And um, about a week later, the uh, airline strike is, is lifted. And we decide, let's do it. I, there was a sense of, of uh, d- relief and disappointment. I, I thought our travels would have taken us uh, into more places in India. It's a huge, not only population, but geographically huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I might have mentioned that both Rose's parents and my parents were um, absolutely freaked out about us going to India. My you can't imagine, yeah. My parents, uh, I told them that we were going to do it. Um, they did not know that I'd actually got to India until I they received a letter from me uh, when I was in New Delhi. So, and God knows how long that took. It probably took two weeks or something, or a mm-hmm. week and a half. Um, and that's that's how they they learned. But but I'm saying this is that, and this kind of sets up um, future future segments. While it was my parents one of their biggest nightmares it was transformational for for me and i know for rose too um it really made me understand how lucky and fortunate the that i i've been what a blessed life i had lived up until that point that Indian son that we spent so much time with in Srinagar, he had mentioned, we'd said, oh, we, we want to go to Gulmarg. It's a resort area that was 50 miles away from where he lived all of his life in Srinagar. And he said, oh, tell me how, how it is. And I said, you've never been there? He said, no, I've never been more than 30 miles from my home. Um, so... I came back with an appreciation of what I, I grew up with. And I decided now that it was time to get busy and begin to do uh, some productive things in life and take perhaps another swing um, of the bat at academics and see what will happen. So it was like, we'll see, we'll see where I start out. But the intentions are, are the intentions are there on that flight back to Germany and soon back to America. My intentions are good. Well, I know where you're going, uh, <laughs> I think. But yeah, I, I, I can see um, you being like also relieved and also disappointed when you decided to go back. But on the other hand, um, I don't think seeing more places... You could always see more places. So there's never an, an end to see more places. Um, 
but the main thing you you uh, you 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 how do you say it um you experienced um as you said was this transformational thing for you to see what what how people live how they can cope with things how they uh yeah how they deal with this extreme poverty um but at some point this is what i experienced for example in in bali where it's kind of the same mm -hmm. like the the example you, you told me about the sun never traveled more than 30 miles i heard i heard this exact same story from someone mm -hmm. and bali is like super small yeah. you could basically drive with a motorcycle of, um you could you could visit basically the whole island in one day wow. if you try to yeah. not the whole island but you could mm -hmm. do a round trip about around about the mm -hmm. whole island um and there were people like this is a half an hour drive or two hour drive and they've never been there all their lives they've they they, they, they've not, they, they just have never been yeah. there yeah, and this was like yeah and i was like why and he was like yeah why <laughs> he, he didn't felt the need to um and the main thing is which was like also transformational for me which i could think of you experience the same thing is like even if they were living in parks as you said or whatever mm -hmm. like urinating in the streets and things they were still happy at some point um like more happy ex way way more happy than we would were in the same situation if you know what oh, i mean oh god yes and this is what what I, I don't know i've never been to india but this is what changed my my view on things like even with having nothing on on our like western civilization standards um and working like crazy still being appreciative of things and um i mean they're very religious they're i think Buddha, Buddha, buddhism how do you say Buddha, mm -hmm. buddhism hinduism, hinduism. sorry Hin Okay, I'm uh, blaming myself. No, how do you say? Oh. Um, <laughs> not blaming. You know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, don't be hard on yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're very religious about gods. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and even with having basically, basically nothing, they're, they're, I would say, in general, happier than we are in our Western, Western civilization, I guess. Yeah. It's, Which is crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, it's... It, for, for me talking with this the sun which i think were really kind of the most important conversations i had and rose had while we were while we were there i felt a need to explain to him that i worked really hard for 4 months to save up this money and looking back 48 years later i realized how what a, why did i want to express that to him <laughs> because as he said i could work my whole life and i will never make it to america ever. yeah yeah crazy and i can also i don't want to get too in, uh, in uh, i don't well, my english is not good today i don't want to get too much into like my experience but I can relate to one thing, which is like um, street food, or how do you say it, like roadside mm -hmm. food. Uh, at some point, I did the same mistake yeah. with, I don't even know what I ate, actually, because I have this issue with having like a fish and uh, seafood allergy, which is always difficult oh, in, in countries like this. Um, 
but at one point I decided to have a, some sort of soup which was extremely hot mm -hmm. and there were like this chicken balls like I like like meatballs mm -hmm. made from chicken but the thing is and this is the point where I should have questioned this decision is they they always have like the small motorcycles with these like thing mm -hmm. like like small mini shops where the soup is yeah, uh, yeah. placed and things on their bikes which and there's like a small glass in front of these these um, boxes and this is the place where the chicken balls were i think they laid there for like probably two three days i yeah, guess no cooling nothing the soup was amazing yeah. um it was so good actually that i <laughs> that i uh went back and had another one which was also very stupid oh and um yeah i paid the bill i think a few hours later not that hard uh as rose did but i paid the yeah well just just in 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 close on this as long as we're talking about the stomach uh maladies is that as i said rose had a more severe case her digestive system was off for close to a year after that whoa okay it was not completely back to normal for close to a year so I don't know what happened. We never, we never really got it. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good thing. All right. Um, so let's wrap it up. Okay. Um, next time we will hear from another story you. from you being back in the place you already know. All right, Manu. All righty. Thank you. Have a good time. You too. Bye. Goodbye.